Welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Elena, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Hi, welcome to Fun is Fundamental. And today we have Paula Yules on the show, and we have this really delightful conversation about emotional eating and how fun plays into that. Paula is the owner of Body Mind Food Freedom and is the founder of the End Emotional Eating with Ease Method. Through her work, she empowers women to end emotional eating and help them to realize it's not really about the food. It's about how they feel about themselves and how they deal with everything around them and setting up boundaries. And so she helps them to have a better relationship with their body and to live a a full joyous life and to finally find peace with the relationship with food. Paula has over 20 years of holistic health and emotional wellness training, and she brings this to her open, non-judgmental, like really caring. You'll see that in this. She clearly is a very warm, caring person, and she brings, you know, just in the conversation, and I'm sure she brings, I know that she brings that to her coaching. It's very clear. Paula is trained in the Healers Program empowerment chakra tapping mastery, EFT tapping, and she is a meal garden recipe professional. So let's welcome Paula Yules to the podcast. Hey, Paula, how are you doing today? Hi, Lelania. Really good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. It's um, so nice to be like be having conversations with other people about fun. So I'm really excited to talk to you more about fun and uh, emotional eating. I know that you uh, are work, like work with clients about with emotional eating. Yeah. Um, how long? That may, have, and that may not sound like fun, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, when you think about that kind of thing, it do- doesn't sound like it would have anything to do with fun, but yeah. But but you're about to ask me, I think, how long I've been doing this? Is that yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, it was. So I've been helping women make peace with food, their bodies, and themselves for about six years now. And um, I just love the women I work with. The, and part of their journey actually is stepping into more fun They don't usually know that that's going to be part of the journey with me. Uh, What I've discovered over the years of working with emotional leaders, and I used to be an emotional leader myself, is that we don't give ourselves permission to have fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're often putting other people's needs first. And even when we're doing something that would be considered fun, um, we're letting other people often drive the decision making. So... It's something we work on. I work on with my clients to help them step into being able to make decisions around things that they enjoy doing and being able to bring that to whatever situations they're in. 
Mm-hmm. So would you say that these, you know, not only are they not really having much fun, but they're also people pleasers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that, um, I mean, I think in general, women in our culture are trained to be people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, something happens and in, in a, you know, woman's life who ends up being emotional eater, often something in their childhood as they're growing up that results in them making the wise decision at the time to soothe themselves with food. Mm-hmm. And then hence to become emotional eater and um and so I totally forgot what your question was and where I was going to be honest oh no it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I you know I definitely know so many women that are including myself that are um people pleasers uh, that's what it um is. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of people eat their feelings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like I said, it was a wise decision and a choice when we were younger because we had to do whatever we had to do in our situations to figure out how to take care of ourselves and soothe ourselves. And food is actually one of the things that makes it, can make you feel like you're being soothed, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment. And then as we're adults, we, we realize in the bigger picture, it's not really the healthiest choice and it ends up impacting your body in the long run and mm-hmm. a lot of shame and blame going on in the mind and the chattering. And so, yeah, so it's people pleasing for sure is yeah. one of the things that often comes out of it. Yeah. Uh, would you do you think that there's like also people not know like not knowing like how to express their feelings um that kind yeah of thing too? yeah because when you're either you're aware of your feelings and then you're stuffing them down with the food mm-hmm. or or you're at a point like I was like I for what like I don't actually remember a lot of my childhood like I blocked out certain things like my parents got divorced when I was five I don't remember either of them until after the divorce but I can describe the house we lived in which I only lived in until I was five when they got divorced I can tell you describe my babysitters they were two sisters so um yeah so right like so I disconnected from myself I couldn't feel my emotions I couldn't make decisions like if I was like even when I was little like 10 or something if I got invited to two play dates on the same day and and I I couldn't decide which one to go to like it was I just because emotionally it was overwhelming for me so mm-hmm. Yeah, so I will, I'm glad I busted through that and figured out how to peel away those layers. And now I'm into dealing with my emotions, the good, the bad, you know, the tricky. Um, and I see it as more of an adventure and expansion and growing experience. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and that's where I could like, I, and I give my, myself permission to have fun, you know, now and enjoy my things I do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how do you, um, like work with your clients to like help them give themselves permission to have, have fun? 
Well, I don't usually start there. <laughs> what I usually start with is uncovering some of the layers of what's going on emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like what are some of their patterns emotionally? What are what's going on around their food? Little actions they could take around their food. Um, and then often um, we'll sort of like talk about like what their day looks like. And then I'll be like, hmm, or what their week looks like. And I'll be like, hmm, sort of noticing, you you know, like it'd be great if you could put in some self-care, which usually means something fun and, you know, or, and just sort of reflect on that. Or if they make some comment that makes it really clear that I can reflect back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about that and sort of, you know, work through it and, uh, like one of my clients I'm working with now, she understands it's beneficial for her to add fun in, but she's having a hard time even figuring out what she likes to do. You know, so, so. Yeah, that's a very people pleaser thing to be like, I don't even know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You what, ever have- what, I, well, I was just kind of curious, like, what got you on your journey into fun? The short um, I guess, I don't know. I, I was just, like, one day it was, like, you know, we're in the pandemic, and I was just, like, hmm, I'm not having very much fun in my life. And then I'm, like, I wasn't having very much fun before the pandemic. <laughs> and then I was, like, a lot of people aren't having enough fun. <laughs> I was just kind of like I think we should talk about how we need fun (laughs) and you know it's just like I you know it was just like it just kind of became like this like kind of it was like a little bit like no like of course that just makes sense like we should like why aren't we having fun (laughs) you know yeah yeah. Yeah. The, the pandemic certainly put a damper on having fun, but I agree with you. Like our culture values doing, 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 mm-hmm. and that equals self-worth, you know, which then means people aren't actually necessarily making time to have fun or it's like, Oh, I'm going to work really hard Monday through Friday. So then I can play hard on the weekend. And yeah. But then that's also like depleting, like it's like you're depleting yourself, like by working really hard. And then you're like playing so hard that you're depleting yourself. So like, you never actually rest, you know, and like, so it's just like this cycle. Um, Yeah. And then like, you know, I think like this whole thing of like, we are put so much emphasis and like importance on like, oh, well, like, what do you do? What's your job? Like, you know, like, that's like, just like what defines you as a human being is like, what, what, what's your job? What do you do? You know? Um, Yeah. As opposed to, huh? Go ahead. No, I guess just like, I was like thinking, like, I want to start asking people, like, what are you, what are you passionate about? Like, that's, that's what I want. I don't, I don't want to hear about your job that like (laughs) that doesn't really interest me that much unless you're like I'm very passionate about this the work this work that I'm doing then I'm like great but um yeah I I love that asking people all right let's start doing that you and me we'll commit it and spread it (laughs) let's let's change our culture (laughs) I think the other thing that's robbing fun is technology Mm-hmm. So, because unfortunately it's, you know, it's set up to 
be addictive. And so we're addicted to it. I'm guilty. And so then like when we're just kind of, people aren't interacting as much and uh, in real time or, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then also not spending enough time outside in nature, um, which is so healing and grounding. And so that's another thing that a lot of the women I work with, um, because they're not, they're putting other people's needs in front of theirs and they're often not taking time to um, move their bodies and it's something they desire that they want to do. And it's just an all around win-win, like even going outside for five to 10 minutes, it just, it, you know, it just lifts your emotional energy. It, it lets your body relax, you know, I'm, if you're unplugged, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so, you know, like, um, I used to take my phone with me on my walks. It's like, nope, leaving it at home now, you know, mm-hmm. join the birds singing. And so that's something I'm, I really believe in making changes with ease, not with force. And mm-hmm. so with, um, my motto is uh, ease, flow and fun, actually. So nice. I, so I try to have that with my clients and helping the women be like, okay, what, what do you like to do? You like ride your bike? You like to go out you well for a walk? Do you like to walk your dog, throw a Frisbee to your dog, walk with a friend, you know, and just, I, I don't care what it is, but yeah, just help them. And then they're like, oh yeah, it felt so good. And I started with the 10 minutes and now I'm just like going after work and relaxing. I'm not even noticing the time and you know, it just lifts their spirits and, and it helps you decompress, de-stress, mm-hmm. you know, helps your brain figure out things. And then you can tap in and connect to yourself more. And I think then be able to talk to other humans around things might, might be going on for you. That's resulting in emotional eating so that then you're not doing it as much. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's a great idea. Cause like, yeah, I think that probably, and until you can, until people can give themselves permission to be able to talk about like the things that are, are put, bothering them or like, are like, just like, yeah, if you just keep on letting things build up, like it's not ever going to resolve mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. The other day you, when we were talking, you shared that you went to a smash room. Oh yeah. 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 And um, I haven't done exactly that, but part of my journey of uh, releasing my emotional eating and stepping into uh, self-compassion for myself and love for myself and being able to consistently eat healthy. And I I will be honest, like I occasionally emotionally eat still, like it happens. Like last Mm -hmm. week after my therapy session, (laughs) I was was like, okay, I'm going to eat some chocolate now. And I know I'm emotionally eating. So my feelings are pushed up, but Part of my journey 15 years ago when I was really making the beginning process of transformation, like I said, um, my counselor, my therapist who I was working at the time, in her garage, she set up sort of her own smash room, like, you know, before they existed. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so we went out there and I threw glass bottles and she had a metal garbage can and a baseball bat so I could smash (laughs) it and it was just so therapeutic and to be able to yell and scream and 
you know, say whatever. And uh, with that, and have somebody witness it and support me through it. I just, I actually highly encourage. Uh, I think, I mean, you can, I think you could share about it too, but and share about your experience if you want or not. But I just, I, I, there's a piece for women, especially where we're told we can't get angry because mm -hmm. if we do, we're the B word and, you know, or other things are called. Um, and so then we suppress our anger and we end up eating often. I am just talking about emotional eating. So that, you know, you yeah. end up eating it down and stuffing it down with the foods because you're not able to express what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually it actually does sneak out in various ways that sometimes are very obvious in other ways aren't. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I, actually I did do an episode on, on the fast room and part of like my kind of research around it was like about healthy aggression because I think as women were yeah we're definitely tr like trained to just be like you're yeah you're not you're not allowed to like even pursue like what you want a lot of times like even in that just simple simple way of like using your abilities and your you know yeah yeah stepping into your your power and mm -hmm. using your abilities in a healthy way and I don't know it was very therapeutic so like I, I you know sometimes I don't have I haven't gone to smash room but sometimes if I need to really let it rip you know I have a baseball bat on the garage and then I come in and on the guest bed I go at it so <laughs> <laughs> Nope, nobody's getting hurt and I'm releasing my feelings instead, yeah. of, uh, instead of eating them. So, For you know, sure. like there's all different ways. You don't have to pay to go to smash room. So. Yeah. Well, I like that even like you're, you're like, yeah, I still emotionally eat sometimes, but, if, but you acknowledge, like, you know it, you acknowledge it. So it, it, it probably has changed your relationship with like it happening because you're not just like, maybe pretending that's not happening or, you know, like, or it's subconscious, like, yeah. Yeah. So it yeah, have the I, same control. Yeah, I agree. And, and when I use this, I agree with you. Like it doesn't have the same control. I'm very aware of it when I'm doing it. It's, you know, and so there's a, it's just a consciousness around it. And sometimes I like, okay, I'm not actually going to do this. I'm going to process in a different way. And sometimes I'm like, yep, I'm just going to have this some of that chocolate and I'm going to go for a walk after and, you know, whatever yeah. to like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's not like, it's not like it's the, it's not the end of the world. Like you don't need to hold, like carry that shame also with like the fact that you're eating the chocolate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate's my thing. could be anything. I know it could be sure. <laughs> chips or crisps as they say in England or yeah you know whatever I mean you can emotionally eat on a bag of carrots it doesn't really matter what it is it's true it's true <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's quite as satisfying <laughs> yeah. so for sure would you uh would you say that any of your clients have had any resistance around like 
like are do they ever like kind of fight you back when you're like like well maybe you need to have a little more fun you know like gently um and they're like oh no that's not the reason like does anyone ever like kind of like question that at all um uh I haven't had it like directly questioned but it's more or, because at the point where that's woven in, I usually have a relationship with them already. They've already seen some transformation happen. They already seen like they're starting to make better boundaries for themselves with their food and with other people in their lives or with themselves. Um, and so there's a trust there, um, but it's more the resistance, like I said earlier, where there'd be like, well, I don't even know what I like to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or um, yeah, I do want to be moving my body, but I don't know what I like doing. Or like, I, I can't really do yoga anymore. And I used to like yoga. So it's more like mm -hmm. they'll come up with the if, ands, or buts of not being able to um, figure that out. Sure. Yeah. So, but then I might be just like, um, we do some work on it. I do tapping, emotional freedom technique. I'm okay. trained in that and I'm trained in a special type of tapping called empowerment chakra tapping. Hmm. Um, it, it does, you're not literally tapping on your chakras, but you're, you're releasing the energy that's stuck in those different parts of your body. Cause when we get, um, when we, when we stuff down emotions with eating, um, you're like emotionally stuff energetically you're also stuffing the emotions and it gets stuck somewhere in your body hmm. um so um so we might do some tapping around it um to also help the person and then they might be like oh yeah now i remember i like coloring um you know and i have some adult coloring books in the closet or or um i do really you know if you have pets usually people like to snuggle with their pets like you know just giving anything could be fun it doesn't have to be like a big ad big adventures are great but it doesn't have to be that too it could be something you know that's just readily available inside of where you live yeah for sure I mean I'm a big big proponent of you know just having little doses of fun like every day like it it you we don't always have to make this big deal about it like it's just like just be present in your life and like notice like notice the trees and be like hey I'm gonna go take a walk or yeah like just just little doses is enough you know I'm I totally agree with you I'm like when, sometimes when I'm walking with my friends sometimes I'll be like oh hi squirrel or you know like so or hi chipmunk or you know, really notice like right now all the flowers are blooming. So I love looking at everybody's yards and seeing the flowers. And today I actually literally stopped and smelled my neighbor's rose bush. <laughs> yep. yep, I'll do that. I I definitely like the, the lilacs when the lilacs are out. Oh, I love the smell of those. And I would just be like, just put them all in my face. Like they smell so, so good. And then, yeah, the roses, like I'm definitely... I I'm all about stopping and smelling the flowers, you know? Yeah. Me too. I love lilacs too. So. Yeah. It's like, it's, it feels like such a cliche to be like, Oh yeah, you're just going to stop and smell the flowers. But it's like, no, like 
like enjoy the things around you. (laughs) (laughs) And, and the other thing that is, um, I was just thinking like food is fun. Like, you know, it's, if you, if you like baking or cooking, it can be fun, you know, or maybe you don't like doing it all the time, but you maybe like you like holiday cooking a special dish that you're, you know, like you're the person who makes that dish at the holiday and it's fun for you to make that or mm-hmm. so and food is like part of every day we have to eat to survive and every celebration has food and so I just that piece too it's like it's okay to eat food of all different types and but it's the enjoying it without having guilt or shame attached to it. Like if you're going to choose to eat it, Mm -hmm. like, like you're saying, like, like enjoy the little things. So if you're going to eat something, like enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, You know, like be like really, um, like you said, be mindful around what like if you're, you are referencing being outside of nature, but the same thing, like be mindful I would recommend being mindful around your food, which I know is not so easy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's peeling the emotional layers that are keeping us stuck. And at the same time, making concrete actions forward. Um, and so, you know, like when you're out on a walk, like you and I were just talking about like stopping and looking at the flowers. Well, one meal a day, you could be like, okay, I'm going to make sure that for this meal, I'm going to actually stop, look at the food on my plate and enjoy eating it and tasting it and connecting to it more, mm-hmm. you know, and that could make a difference. Yeah. Um, people so often like just dis- distractedly eat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Technology doesn't help with that, right? Because a lot of people watch TV or a movie at night and eat and so there's no very little connection to the food yeah definitely um do you do you find that like um people that emotionally eat sometimes feel like they're not supposed to feel like pleasure like is there is there a block between like the permission to feel pleasure and and doing things like emotionally eating do you think yeah I think there's the um, the, yeah I do think that for a lot not all women but for some women and I'm only talking about women because I haven't worked with men so I don't really know what their habits and patterns and inner thinking around this is but it Mm -hmm. is something that affects males also um yeah is that um well, there's the whole thing of like giving yourself permission to be attached to yourself, connected to yourself, know yourself. And part of that is knowing things that bring you pleasure. And then if you're supposed to be doing, 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 that doesn't include pleasure usually, right? So, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a lot of families growing up Um, there's really mixed communication around uh, having time to have pleasure you know Mm -hmm. like even like it's like oh maybe you're on the sports team when you're growing up but it's still like this hard drive competition thing instead of like oh I'm just gonna enjoy this 
and do this and it doesn't matter how my team does I mean not everybody's like that you know mm-hmm. um, yeah like freshman year of high school I did um cross country and track and um my coach was great around just being like everybody's where they're at and myself and my cousin we were always the last two in and you know she was always like this is you know for you to enjoy and for you to compete against yourself don't worry about the rest and so you know I was able to feel better about myself I didn't totally feel great about always (laughs) being almost last or last and depended on was me or my cousin but um you know, but I just think there's so much mindset junk uh, in our culture around not, yeah, not allowing space and time for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're doing it, your brain's usually thinking about your to-do list or, you know, instead of just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, we're definitely trained to be yeah be productive and be like it's all about like being a a good citizen and you know um and then I think like with like the you know not trust you know like we're taught not to trust our like intuition and you know all stuff too so yeah yeah I that's a you're like so on with all this. It's great. So yes, we are. So like, again, that's another thing. Like we get our intuition shut down at such a young age. So it just doesn't, it's not support it. Um, and it's a beautiful thing because your intuition is your gui- inner guidance system. And that's what it is, right? It's your, and I really didn't really get my intuition back, I'd say until the past five for four years hmm. like it was something that was part of when I was younger and I got disconnected from myself in order to navigate my life when I was younger I shut down my intuition I was told I was too sensitive about things and I didn't know what intuition was right so when you're younger unless yeah. and, I mean some families talk about those things but my family didn't so you know and then past four or five years working with my own coaches and things that allowed me to um, step into being able to connect at a deeper level to my own navigation system and you know and I'm still working on it like it's something I'm still figuring out like oh what do I really want here Mm -hmm. you know check in with myself instead of letting the other person lead or letting uh or trying to accommodate the other person without tapping into my needs so for sure yeah I guess like generally how long how long do you would you say it usually takes for people to see improvements in uh, when they're working through through this okay well that's a tricky question because everybody's coming in at a different you know, with different needs, different speeds, yeah. you know, just like learning to ride a bike, like people learn to ride a bike in like one or two days and other people need like years to ride a bike. So, um, but generally my clients work with me 
anywhere. Uh, I do three, six, nine, or 12 month programs and gen mm -hmm. and I also have a group program coming up um, that's going to be starting um, at the end of June, beginning of July. So I'm really excited about that. But generally um, clients work with me are anywhere from three to nine months. That tends to be, but in the beginning, in the three months, there's usually definitely some transformation starting to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so there's usually like starting to be able to pause when they feel the feelings coming up and use the, some of the different strategies or techniques that um, they've learned from working with me so that they can then ground themselves, center themselves and you know, make a conscious decision <laughs> around like, okay, am I gonna emotionally or I'm not gonna emotionally, you know, or what am I gonna have for dinner? Um, Cause if they wanna be eating consistently healthy, even mm -hmm. though they know what it is. Um, and, and then the other piece, sometimes there's like surprising things that happen where they'll be like, oh, I just like cleared out my basement in my house and it's been like that for 10 years. And I'm like, yes, that's because of the work we're doing together. Like it's some of the unexpected things or, you know, they'll be like, oh my, um, some, I saw a friend I hadn't seen in a couple of months and she said I was glowing and, um, you know, because they're feeling better about themselves emotionally, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're so in their, and their mood is uplifting and they're and trying to connect to themselves and have self-compassion and some love for themselves. So it just keeps expanding. And yeah. Self-compassion is, um, something that a lot of people struggle with for sure. I, we're really hard on ourselves. Like our inner, inner monologues are like really, yeah, <laughs> <be> so mean. <laughs> yes, we can be. <laughs> so, and I, and one, yes. And also other people don't realize how much what they say impacts us, you know? So like over the weekend, I got together at the lake, a bunch of my besties, we got together and their families. And um, so we were catching up. And one of the women who's mom is a mom, her son's in sixth grade. And she said her son won't, um, doesn't, won't wear shorts to school. And, um, and she explained that another kid a couple of years ago had teased him about his knees and the way his knees look. And, you know, it's, and like, he's carrying that around for years now. And even though like his family's tried to help him process it, like, and this happens to all of us. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just sort of that there's just too much body bashing or saying things about bodies and judging people. And it's so unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that we internalize and then just blows up inside our head. So, so also, you know, like you were saying, the beating ourselves up and the negative self-talk. And I had a huge aha discovery when one of the things when I was shifting my emotional eating and releasing it is that I, um, I got off a refined sugar, white sugar. 
Mm -hmm. um, it was a slow, steady process. Um, I, it, it's not so easy to get off of it because it's literally addictive. So I slowly, steadily got off of it um, for months. And then once I was totally off of it and stayed off of it for a long time, and then I like, I don't know, I don't remember how long it was, like a number of months. And then I um, had some white sugar again for a couple of days in a row for some reason, like the holidays or something. And then my negative self-talk came back in a huge way that I like, I didn't realize that getting off the refined sugar, like made such a big difference until I, I went back on it. Wow. And right. So, and like I'd say about 80% of my negative self talk decreased by getting off the refined sugar. And like I said, I eat chocolate. So I'm eating sugar for me. My maple syrup, honey, and coconut sugar is fine, but there's mm -hmm. something around white sugar. So that's an interesting experience. Experiment. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It just really impacts us in ways we don't realize it is. So people are probably like, yeah, but it's fun to eat cake and pie and, you know, and I agree it is. And I don't deprive myself of eating those. I just find um, healthier versions or I make it myself or, you know, my friends make it or, um, and actually it's getting easier and easier now in grocery stores to find healthier versions. So luckily, um, so I can still have fun. It does like when I go home to my family, usually the desserts, you know, for the holidays at home, and the desserts are not what I would eat. So I either bring something to share. Um, they always have fruit. And I like fruit. I think fruit's fun too. Um, you know, or if I don't want to make something, I'll just bring a chocolate bar and have a little bit of that with my fruit, you know. So, you know, I don't feel deprived. You don't have to give up your foods you love. You can just find other options and still enjoy and have fun eating delicious things. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's really surprising um, what you said about the white the processed white sugar it's kind of it's kind of scary <laughs> I, I agree and you have to be off of it for quite a while like to feel it like it, it really takes a while to clear out of the system like I, I haven't done the research to know but I would say probably at least two weeks of really not being on it mm -hmm. and you know and then I know, but everybody's body's different, but I'm, I really strongly believe it's, it's up there with top unhealthy things that, um, unfortunately processed food companies and, you know, fast food companies are pushing our way all the time. Mm -hmm. so. Definitely. so I guess, what would you say to just people listening, like, like what are like the top, like maybe top things that could like, like just like little tips that could help uh, people with their mild okay. food issues. <laughs> <laughs> Some easy fun, fun and easy fun and flow. Yes. Easy, easy flow easy, and fun. Flow, easy flow yeah, and fun. fun. Yeah. Ways to 
shift and release some of your food struggles Mm -hmm. is one I would say is, um, you know, don't, don't, don't do the shame and blame, do the, do that conscious, mindful, I'm eating this, I'm going to enjoy it, I'm going to be really present with it. Um, It takes a little while to get used to and uh, I would suggest putting little uh, post-it notes or, you know, a little index card folded in half on your places where you eat uh, to remind yourself, even though that's like on the refrigerator, you stand at the fridge and eat or, you know, Um, so that's one little thing you could do. And then the other thing is, you know, when those tricky emotions come up and you feel yourself grabbing for something to eat them to soothe yourself, or if you're in the middle, because it's, sometimes it's so unconscious, you don't really realize it until you're like in the middle is whatever point it is, just stop and be like, see if you could figure out what's going on for you emotionally, like what's your inner truth going on. And what's, what's another way you could address it or soothe yourself. That's not so easy necessarily to do by yourself, but sure. You know, so, and then if, if, you, if it's not something you can figure out yourself and you've tried and tried and tried, find somebody to support you, you know, it doesn't, whether there's so many options of amazing humans, helping other humans make changes to be make things easier in their lives and um of course i'm available if if, you know if you want but i might not be your person and i'm totally good with that like you Mm -hmm. people have to find the person people that match for them to support them just like you know like we don't all like the same primary care physicians or we don't all like the same massage therapist if you go to massage or acupuncture whatever you have to find works for you and that's the same if you want to work on your food struggles so that you can have inner peace with food and yourself, you got to find the right person to support you. For sure. It's yeah. Um, yeah. People, you know, I think like people like, for example, like go to, go to, go to like one therapist and they'll be like, well, therapy is not for me. And you're like, you tried one therapist <laughs> you, still, you could, you could try, try again, try someone else maybe you'll find therapy is for you right yeah. or a different style yeah or yeah or maybe maybe a, you know a coach I mean there's just so many wonderful options now yeah. so yeah and because most support like that emotional support now is online people can connect with everybody anywhere so yeah yeah I, yeah there's so there's so many more options now and we're, people are talking so much more about like emotional well-being, you know, and, you know, than we were before. Mental health is like not such this taboo thing to like talk about or have some struggles with or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wonderful. So, yeah. Any other fun, fun tidbits? <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I mean, I would try to build in, like you said, daily, something that feels daily fun, something that's nurturing yourself, your soul emotionally, 
whether it's going for a walk for five minutes or sitting outside with your coffee or tea or water in the morning, you know, for 10 minutes before you go to work or start your day, you know, just anything. Like I said, my client who likes coloring, like finding 10 minutes to just give yourself permission to color if you like to do that. Or um, I'm in the process of setting up um, in my living room, like a little art area where I can just leave art supplies out because I like to do collage and painting, but it always feels like such a process to set it up, clean it up and da, da, da. So I was like, oh, who cares what a little part of my living room has, you know, a table with art supplies on it. Like if my friends don't like it too bad, you know, like yeah. when, they, <laughs> when they come over or if my son doesn't like it, oh, well, like it's okay. Like I'm giving myself permission to set it up so it's easy so I can just dive in and have a little fun with the art yeah well yeah I mean as long as like it's not like take it over your whole house like why why does it matter right yeah for sure nice I like that that idea of just being like I just have this this little corner for like doing this thing that I love um how do you define fun like what 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 does it what does fun mean for you to me fun means you're when you're doing whatever you're doing you're really in the moment with it for the majority of the time and that you're just feeling uplifted and good and happy and energized like it charges you up as opposed to drain you down or keep you where you are so you know like I could put on a song and dance like crazy for a few minutes and then I'm like yeah that was fun you know so yeah uh what kind of music do you like oh well wide variety um I've been into Ben Rector um lately and I also listened to um a, a woman her name's Batya Levine and she sings um Hebrew Jewish songs she lives in the United States but I love seeing her music uh let's see I like James Taylor like a wide variety so thanks um okay I like to ask people what their play personality is so according to Dr. Stuart Brown who is part of the Institute of Play there are eight play personalities I'm gonna look at them because I don't want to forget one the joker the artist the explorer the collector the storyteller the kinesthetic the competitor and the director and the director is like the person that likes to plan, plan the fun activities, the plan things or find planning fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I would say artist and director. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And for me, the artist, like I said, I like painting and doing that, but also just cooking for me is very artistic. Like I do simple meals, but mm-hmm. I just love it. And I love making the presentation of it look nice. And it just is really fun for me. Yeah. Um, so, and I tend, I'm not always the director among my friends, but 
can yeah tend to be sometimes yeah yeah so you enjoy having people come over and things yeah. Like that? yeah 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 for sure yeah. what what are you or have you already told that in a podcast oh I don't know if I've actually told it in the podcast I am an artist an explorer and a director I think those three the most yeah I probably have to you know, I have Sometimes to you can feel other things a little bit. What, what yeah, would you I say I'd probably have to hear them again. But when you said explorer, I was like, yeah, explorer when somebody else is the director. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but even like explorer can be like exploring like a topic. Like you, you like to like research things or something like that. So like, it's not even, it do- doesn't always have to be like explorer, like, like traveling kind of okay. thing. But so. Yeah. Well, and I've been pushing my boundaries around fun. Um, Like I'm trying to make some new social connections. And so I've been pushing myself to go to some events and by myself to go and meet new people. Mm -hmm. So it's like really scary at first, but then usually I relax into it and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, it can be really, really scary and intimidating when you're like, just like, I'm going to go to this place with strangers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot, I mean, that's, you know, a lot of people like, you know, talk about not having enough friends and it's, you know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and do those things that are really uncomfortable. So obviously, like, that's how a lot of people feel um, for good reason you know, you're, you want to protect yourself. Um, but yeah, it's sad. A lot of people don't have enough friends. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I have a lot of friends, but I'm ready for some new friends to do some other things with. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of times like certain friends will get, and you will get into like routines, like it's like we do this together. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's what what would you what would you be your dream vacation? Oh. Um I'd like to um what? I let I I went with my son. He's in his just finished his third year of college. And I think we went his this summer of his junior year of high school. So about four or five years ago, we went to Italy. And part of what we did is we went to a cooking school that was up in the mountains and we went for three days. It was really beautiful. And like um, in the morning, they there was just eight of us at their place. That's all they would they could take at their place. And, and they um, the husband would take us in the morning to go sightseeing and and then we'd have lunch somewhere out and then we'd go back and have rest and relax time and then we'd all cook a meal together and um, they the couple were teaching us how to cook you know Italian meals and it was so fun so I would like to do something like that but like in another country yeah um, it was just really fun because I like sightseeing and I like learning about cultures and people and I like food (laughs) and cooking. And it was just, it was a nice intimate group too. 
yeah and, uh, you know because we spent a number of days together so we got to know each other a little bit and mm-hmm. it was really fun so that and i and then i also love going to the ocean and the beach and going for long walks and so i, I have lots of things yeah i a lot of people don't get get that opportunity to have like such a close connection to people that actually live in a place. So I imagine that like made it even more special. Cause yeah. like you get that gut in, you get that little door in to see what is like inside, you know? Yeah, it, it was. And, um, and I think also like when we couple other, we want to stay at a couple other locations this is a really special, this was his pre-graduation, like his high school graduation trip. It was a special thing. And I look forward to doing more of this kind of thing. And um, we also stayed, we always stayed at Airbnb. So it was, um, so we were in different neighborhoods. Like the first place we were in Milan, the electricity went out the first night. Like we're in a new place, in an apartment building, in an Airbnb, like we're in a neighborhood where people don't speak English really. And, you know, so it was like, it was this whole like adventure. And so we got to know the neighborhood, some of the neighbors and like we had to use Google Translate on our phones to be able like, and they explained, oh, this happens like sort of regularly in the neighborhood with electricity being you know, turned off for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, but it was like, like you're saying, it was like instant connection to the neighbors because we were like, what's going on? You know, so. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, you're not from around here. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Um, That'll, that'll, you'll, you'll learn something from going through something like that. Yeah. Yeah. How about when, like when, one last question, what makes you feel luxurious? Oh, that's a good one. What makes me feel luxurious? Hmm. Wow. Um, well, I would say um, wearing really nice some really nice clothes um feels luxurious I don't like I I live in an area where people don't tend to really like dress on the dressier side it's more casual in Mm -hmm. my my um where I live and so like you have to kind of find a reason to dress a little dressier and I recently my birthday was a couple months ago and um and we were just having fun hanging out downtown somewhere. It was like the arts night for the downtown. And we went into this secondhand clothing store and um, uh, retro clothing. And there was this beautiful dress. And I was like, oh, it looks like my size. Like it was even like the measurements on it. I was like, I was like okay, I'm just going to try it on. It's totally not my style that I normally wear anything. And I tried it on and I was like, oh my God, I love it. I have to get it. And then my friend, but I was like, when would I wear this thing? Like, it's like, unless you, it was like, I'm like, I'm not going to a wedding soon. I'm not going to bar bar mitzvah soon. <laughs> and 
there were some young girls there, probably like high school age. They were like, you can just wear it around town. Nobody's going to say anything to you. And I was like, they're right. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just I wear got, it because you want to. <laughs> right, exactly. So I had to be like, I needed them to give me permission and be like, yeah, you're right. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Like, I, yeah, like I often am like, I just want to dress up sometimes, but then you feel like, like, oh, I'm overdressed. But like, sometimes you're just like, who cares? I'm going to overdress. (laughs) Just do it because you want to. Exactly. But that's a good question. I'm going to start thinking about that. What makes me feel luxurious? Thanks for asking that. Yeah. People don't, don't, people don't go out of their way to make themselves feel luxurious nearly enough. I agree. Yeah. And I, and I don't think it has to be expense. Like I bought a piece of clothing that makes me feel luxurious, but it doesn't have to be that. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it could just be like, you know, something soft or a, a candle smell or you know, yeah. 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 There's sitting a lot of things with, that can sitting be. with your legs up outside like yeah. that, you know taking nature in could feel luxurious yeah mm-hmm. yeah well thank you paula for being here how can uh how can we how can the listeners find you thanks for asking thanks for having me Lorena. so um easiest way to find me and connect with me if you're on facebook um i have a free facebook group for women um and it's called End Emotional Eating Sisterhood. So End Emotional Eating Sisterhood. And it's filled with a lot of amazing women. And so we'd love to have you join uh, that group. And if you're not on Facebook, I'm also on Instagram. Um, that's under my name, Paula Yoles, which you can look in the podcast notes but my it's yoles is y-o-l-l-e-s so paula yoles um and so that's my handle on instagram and uh, you can also email me i will get back to you it might not be immediately and my email is paula at paulayoles.com so um i'm happy to connect and help you think about your journey and what might be the best next step to help you end your emotional eating, whether that's nighttime snacking, cravings, overeating, binge eating, like the whole gamut of it. So that's awesome. And yeah. I'll help you find some more fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for the work that you do and also for being here today. Thank you for having me and bringing more fun to the world. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Have a good night. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my talk with Paula. I certainly did. I had a great time. So I just wanted to say thank you to her again. And also to just have a few, you know, talk about a few takeaways that I think people can definitely easily implement in their own lives. So one, she talked about ease, flow, and fun. You know, find small things that bring you joy, be it art, 
taking a walk, coloring, you know, there's a lot of just small things that you can do in small chunks and, you know, just anything that make, brings you joy. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. You know, make, make it easy for yourself and just find more day, ways to get into the flow, flow of joy. Two, you got to make connections with yourself. So, you know, then you can identify your needs. You can be able to form boundaries and you can learn how to trust your intuition, which a lot of people get really drained, like drilled into them that they're, you, they can't trust their intuition. Three, give yourself permission to have fun. Remember that fun is a form of self-care. We constantly are putting fun on the back burner and that it doesn't matter, but it matters as much as you taking a shower. <laughs> I really believe that it's like, it's like one of those things that's going to like, it's going to wash your brain. It's going to wash your emotions. Like we, we need to be having fun. It's really imperative. And one of the things that makes us human. Four, cut down on technology. We are so often just not really that present in our lives. And I, you know, I definitely have experienced like especially when like feeling some like burnout that you just like numb out, but numbing out isn't really helping, you know, helping us. And that's what you're, you know, people are doing with food is numbing out instead of actually dealing with their emotions. Same with technology. You know, we want to be present in our lives and be present with our food. Food is fun. And so, you know, start with one meal a day and just no technology and try to eat mindfully and really taste your food, enjoy your food, take pleasure from your food because food is, is pleasurable and it is community and it is uh, culture and, you know, it brings so much richness and beauty to our lives. And so we don't want to just demonize food, even if it has caused us some pain, it's not food's fault. <laughs> we have to figure out other ways to deal with our emotions. I think I'm on six. <laughs> it obviously doesn't matter if it's not six. Give yourself grace when you do emotionally eat. You know, it's not your fault and it takes years to really work through things. And so it's okay if you do sometimes, but it's more of just like becoming aware of it and then, you know, figuring out ways to deal with your emotions. And I think seven, six, seven, I don't know. It doesn't matter. If you need to seek outside help, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Have a great week. See you next week. Have fun. Love you. Bye.